good to see everybody. Please stick around. We're going to eat following this morning's service. We want to eat together, and we want to spend time together. Unless you think that's not important, that's something the disciples devoted themselves to in the book of Acts. That's something your Ukrainian brothers and sisters are unable to do today. And don't think it can't happen here. They're taking things out of their churches right now. Right now. They haven't done it since World War II to try to preserve the, the, the things inside of their churches right now. While we sit or have the privilege, thank God, had the privilege to get up and get in a car and drive here and be here. And, 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 and sadly, some of us don't want to be here. And so, and, and, but, but, but I remember last time when we had our churches shut down, we sure all wanted to be here. And, and, and so be, be careful because we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know when this opportunity and this, this luxury and this freedom of gathering together so easily will be taken from us. And so let's take advantage of every, every, every time we can gather and look at it as something life-giving and something that we can cherish uh, while we can do it. Because there's a lot of people around the world that, uh, that, that either it's illegal and they have to do it secretly whenever they can or, or they, they, they're just running for their lives right now and, uh, and they're trying to flee to other countries. We'll talk more about that at the end in a moment. Uh, been in contact, we've been in contact with Moldova and our friends there and we're going to take up an offering at the end for the uh, help in the Ukraine. Over 100,000 people flooding into Moldova right now, Poland, uh, Romania. We've got friends in Romania. Uh, the, the, the church is mobilized. Uh, people, Victor, who preaches in this church, has 19 people living in his home. 19, 19 people. Doru is helping over 150 people. Uh, at least that was just right at the beginning. Uh, there, there's four, uh, another friend of ours in Romania, 40 churches mobilized, helping. They, they can't keep up with the influx of needing mattresses, needing uh, places to stay, needing food, uh, needing uh, uh, Things to uh, get, travel to get a get 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 a wife and her kids to 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 Italy or or, or, or Spain or somewhere else where where there's uh, there there can be a family member maybe a relative that they can they can stay with and so it's just a humanitarian crisis that's just beginning that we're only seeing the beginnings of and they are heavy. You talk about heaviness. You talk about being heavy right now. Eastern Europe is heavy and it is a place I love so dearly. It's a place. If I could be there right now, I would be there. I, it's a place that my heart bleeds for, and I love them more than anything. They are like my brothers and sisters that I've eaten at their tables. I've sat with these people, and I know with the precious people in Ukraine and even people in Russia. I know that are in battles that they don't want to be in, and they are precious, precious people of God. And I love them, and I pray for them today as they're hurting. And I want them to, we love you. We love you so much. And we're going we're gonna to help where we can and send help into that part of the world. But, but I want to talk for a few minutes about uh, uh, war and blessings. War and blessings. And if you got your Bible, turn with me to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. And uh, a couple of weeks, the world changed in one day. In one day. Everything changed in one day as war, as Russia invaded the Ukraine. 
And now there's threats of expanding wars that are talking about in Taiwan. There was unexplained power outages, possible difficulties in that nation. Immediately Chinese fighter jets begin to fly over just to kind of say, hey, we, we buzz over Taiwan. And, and, and there's, there's, there's wars going on now. There's rumors of wars. There's skirmishes in Syria. Russia's in Syria. Iran's in Syria. North Korea's been sending missiles up into the air. Putin says, if the West threatens him, watch out. I will use nuclear weapons. Weapons and I will, uh, and we know he's good on his word, right? And, and so, so uh, in one day, the ch- the world changed. We know that eventually this is going to move into parts of the Middle East, and 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 uh, uh, eventually the Ezekiel War will take place, Ezekiel thirty-eight. And so, uh, current events are kingdom events. Current events you need to start seeing as kingdom events. What you're seeing on your news, let me tell you, God is speaking. God is speaking and he is trying to speak through the events that are going on in the world. And the, and the problem is, if we're not careful, we will not listen to the groan of God. We'll listen to the groan in the pew instead of the groan of God. What do you mean, Brad? I mean, how in the world in a time like this can we continue to go to our churches and hear the normal series of messages that we normally hear? The Valentine's Day special message and all the marriage messages in the month of February. When the world around us is burning, when there's a groan that ought to be coming out of the pulpits across this world, used to when things happen like this, the pulpits across America thundered things like, get ready, lift up your head, your redemption draws nigh, Jesus is coming. But we don't hear that anymore, amen? And if we're not careful, we've begun to build churches listening to the pews and the groan coming out of the pew. We want you to preach this. Rather than the groan coming from God out of the pulpit. The heart of God and the groan of God. Listen to what, listen to what uh, uh, Matthew 24 says. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? And Jesus answered them saying, See that no man leads you astray, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars. And rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed. For this must take place. I never really noticed this so much as I did this week in the book of Matthew. But Matthew, but read it with me. But the end is not yet. Go on. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines. Get ready. It's coming. When you got war, you got famine. When you got, you got pestilence that breaks out. You, in various places. All these are but the beginning of birth pains. Say birth pains. birth pains. Now look at Romans with me. Because I want to see something else I never saw. We know that the whole creation has been groaning. Because Paul writes this later about, this, about, about the groan of God. And he writes about the birth pains years later. Look at what he says. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up till now. Okay, 
So in Matthew 24, there's an external groaning that the earth, that the world, the nations rising against nations. There's a Matthew 24 external groaning. But Paul says there's one that's been going on for quite a while. And it's the groaning going on inside of us. Amen. That, that, that it's the, the pain like a childbirth, the groan that is going up like right up until now. Not only so, but we ourselves, not only the creation has been groaning, saying things. There's a groan coming out and there's a groan that comes out of us ourselves who are believers, who have the first fruits of the Spirit. We groan inwardly. And I think that's some of the problems going on in my body right now. As we wait eagerly for the adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. There's a groan coming through this pandemic there is a groan coming out of this war and it's a groan that the church be united that's one of the groans that this church around the world be united I don't care if it's the Russian church or the Ukrainian church I don't care if it's the American church or the North Korean church I don't care what church it is there is one body there is one spirit there is one baptism there is one Lord and his name is Jesus and his body is not schismed and his body is not divided it is one in the name of Jesus Christ and if you fight against it. Woe unto you. Amen. Amen. If you're the one trying to divide the denomination down the road, woe unto you. If you're speaking against brothers and sisters around this globe, be careful. Be careful. Just because they do a thing that's a little bit different than we do, be careful. Be careful for us to be lifted up in our pride and think we're all that in a bag of chips. Right? Be careful. Because God, there's a groan coming for the church to be one. There's a groan coming for the church to pray. Prayer changes things. There was, there was a... Uh, there was a, they say that in Psalms 46, they say that this was a cry and a groan and a prayer coming out of David when the Assyrians, Assyrians have invaded uh, Judah or Jerusalem and now, or excuse me, Israel, and now they're coming against Judah and they want the capital, they want the prize, they want like Kiev, they want the city of Jerusalem, they want where the temple is, they want to come against that. And so they, they say that's where this psalm comes into play and why David wrote it this prayer and here's what he says and this is what the church there needs to be a groan a prayer coming out right now because it can change situations listen what he says God is our refuge and our strength a very present help in time of trouble therefore we will not fear though the earth should change it changed a couple of weeks ago. Though the earth should change and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, listen to what he says. He makes wars to cease. 
And he breaks the bow and shatters the spear. And he burns the shield with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Now, here's what they began to pray. Isaiah was the prophet at this time. And I believe Hezekiah might have been the king at this time when they're doing this. And look at what the prayer that comes out of 1 Kings when the groan begins to come out of a nation being invaded and such heaviness comes. Listen at what the cry and the prayer that begins to rise up out of the heart. He says, "It, it is true, Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste or devastated the nations and their land. Amen. That's what's happening. The enemy is coming against Israel at this time and just literally devastate. I'm talking, we're talking large armies are coming and devastating this nation and this land. Now, Lord, our God, here's the prayer. Deliver us from his hands so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone, Lord, are God. Look at what he says. That night, in one night, everything can change. That night, look is what he says. But out of that prayer, if the church would get the right groan again and begin to become one and begin to pray, look what can happen, my friend. That night, the angel of the Lord went out and put 185,000 Assyrians to death. You don't think prayer can change anything? You don't think turning off Fox News and getting on your knees with a groan coming out of heaven can change things? And 85,000 thousand Assyrians went to their death when the people of God got up the next morning there were dead bodies everywhere in one night in one night of a people praying one night the groan of God coming up out of a people and what this groan was trying to do because if you go 40 years earlier to Isaiah This is an older Isaiah, but if you go to an earlier Isaiah, let me show you what was happening real quick, because this is what also God is trying to do through the groan, is not only, and I don't take credit for all of this, because this is a message that somebody else that I gleaned a lot from, but I know it's of God. And, 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 and so he, he, that groan, that groan was, was causing not only us to, to be the church and to know that, that we're one and prayer changes things, but it's a call, the groan is to lift. God is calling us through these signs to lift our eyes up bigger and higher than an earthly throne. Because if you go earlier, this same King Uzziah who saw in one night what prayer could do. Earlier, let me show you what happened. Because, the, because God had to chasten this man. Because this man was looking too much to a king. Hello. Wake up, America. If the other election had just gone like we wanted. And Isaiah was looking too much to a throne on this earth to fix the problem. 
And Jesus wanted to take his eyes and lift them up. And that's what part of this groan is about today. Do you know they said they got in Rome one time so much that the Caesars were falling so fast that they they had these statues. And they would put these statues up where they would carve the statue. You know, you've seen the statues all over Europe, all the Renaissance and all those statues. They said they were putting the Caesars up so quick they couldn't get the heads done before the next one had fallen. So they, 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 they kept the bodies and made it where the head could be removed and they could take this Caesar off and put it on another. You know why? Because God is saying don't look to Obama. Don't look to President Trump. Don't look to President Biden. Don't look to the UN. Get your eyes higher up than that. Get it on the throne in heaven because it never moves. It never moves. That position never changes. You'll never spin the head off of that one. Jesus is crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so what happened? God chastened Isaiah. And man, he was bummed out. It didn't go like he wanted. And in the year that King Uzziah died, God lifted his eyes. There came a groan and his eyes were lifted up to heaven. And he said, they lifted up to the real throne, the right throne. And he said, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up. And his train of his robe filled the temple. And above it stood seraphim, each one having six wings. And with two he covered his face. And with two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. His eyes were lifted up to the right throne and they cried out, holy, holy, holy. When you speak something three times, usually you speak it twice in Hebrew to get somebody's attention. It's like when we in English put an explanation point behind a word. We want to make emphasis on that. Well, the Jews do twice because that's why Jesus would come and say things like this. Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say. He's saying, I want you to hear what I'm saying when and I say verily, verily. Well, why? It gets something right here that he says, this is so important. I'm doing it three times. He is holy. He is holy. He is holy. And he's emphasizing how holy God is. Do you know what holy is? Holy means separate. Separate. That means there's none like our God. That means don't give me some garbage of trying to put another name on our God. He is one. He is one. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one God. And you shall serve Him with all your heart and with all your might and with all your soul. Amen. He is one. And there is one way to Him. And that is through His Son, Jesus Christ. And He'll never change that way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the Father but except through Him. He will never advocate the throne. He will never have a coup that pushes him off the throne. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is seated on that throne. And he will be seated there forever. And through the groans in the earth that are taking place, God is trying to get the church to become one, to be a people of prayer, and to lift our eyes up to the throne. Lift your eyes higher than the hills from which comes your help. Your help comes from the Lord. 
the maker of heaven and earth. Not from armies around you this way, from God this way. It comes from heaven. Lift your eyes up higher than COVID. Lift your eyes up higher than nuclear war. Lift your eyes up higher than the problems that are on the face of the earth. God is wanting you to lift your eyes to the throne. Amen? And when Isaiah... This 40 year earlier, Isaiah sees the throne. He sees himself as rather undone, which is what's going on in my life right now. And I don't like what I see in my heart. And he says, I'm done, undone. And I'm a man with unclean lips. And he says, touch me, Lord, and clean me and make me whole. And then the Lord says, who will go with, for me? Who will go for me now? Who, who, who will go? And Isaiah says, here I am, Lord, send me. In Matthew 24, it's interesting because it ends with this, or it doesn't end. It comes down to verse 12 after he talks about, or 14, after he talks about the rumors of war and all these things. And he says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then, this is not the end yet. But now the gospel will be preached in all the world. It's got to be preached by somebody. And then the gospel will be preached in all the world as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end will come. And so who will go for him? As believers, we are called to live and share the gospel even in times like these. Do you hear me, church? We are called to share the gospel even when I'm having a bad day and don't want to preach. We are called to share the gospel even in times like these. How do we preach the gospel, Brad? Then, okay, how do we preach the gospel in times like these? Well, Matthew 24 spoke about how this is going to affect us all. I just read it. How this in times, these signs are going to affect us all. It's going to cause some groans going on in us because he says when Jesus returns or before he does, there's going to be wars. There's going to be rumors of wars. He says kingdoms are going to rise. He said famines will come as a result of these things. He said there's going to be disease and every and he says everywhere around us and everything around us will begin to be shaken everything that can be shaken will be shaken he says this this is the hard part i'm having a hard part with if you want to pray for your pastor i'm having a very difficult people of god will be abandoned a season where we'll be abandoned by the people as the people of god many will betray each other False voices will represent God, will be raised up and lead so many people astray. And then he says, the love, it will become so lawless. And you're in a lawless world. It will become so lawless. Nobody wants rules over them. Not even us. Nobody wants. We cast off all restraint. You ain't going to tell me what to do. We don't want rules anywhere. We don't want authority anywhere. We don't want to come under authority anywhere. And he says, because the love of God that would grow cold in our heart, that the work, that many would grow cold. And what it really ultimately is saying is they'll come, they'll grow cold to the work of God in the earth. It's so lawless. It's so disgusting out there. I don't want to even, I don't even want to, I don't even want to do it. I'm not going to, I don't even want to do it anymore. 
I, I just can't. I just can't love people. Just can't reach out to people. I just can't. Just can't. I, I, just, I can't teach anymore. I can't preach anymore. Can't sing anymore. I'm sorry, Pastor Brad. You're gonna have to find somebody else. Can't keep the nursery because my love for the work of God. I, I don't want to rock babies anymore. I, I don't want to teach uh, children upstairs because somebody else is gonna have to teach them and, and and lead them to God. It's not gonna be me. And because iniquity shall abound, and because the 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 the, uh, the because that this will grow cold. We grow cold. The work of God in the earth is going to stop. And we're seeing so little of the work of God being done, especially in America. We're seeing where we've had so much ease and so much comfort and so much of a good thing and so much materialism and so much wealth. We, we, we become at ease in Zion. We become like the Laodicean church and we're lukewarm. And I'm talking to myself, folks. I'm preaching to me. If, I, if I'm pointing a finger, there are three points pointing back at me. And he says, in this season though, he says that there is a promise of endurance. Those who endure, those who endure, those who endure to the end, those who endure. I want to be one of the ones who endure. I want this church to be somebody who endures. He says there's a strength and there's a power that can cause us to endure. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit in us. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the same power that quickened the early church that's going to quicken the last church that we're on the face of this earth before Jesus comes. So the question then becomes, and, and they're going to take this gospel to the ends of the earth as a witness to the nations, and then the ends will come. So, so the question is, how do we preach the gospel in a time of such division and hatred? How do we do it? How, how do we preach when our own hearts are breaking? From persecution, from reviling against us, from words spoken, from things we've heard through the grapevine that people have said. How, when the love uh, is waxing cold everywhere around us, in our families, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, and everywhere, in our schools, everywhere. How do we preach the gospel in a season with division and hatred? Well, Peter gives us the insight in 1 Peter 2. And here's what he says. For to you, for to this you were called. Say, I'm called. For to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us. It's been removed from Christianity in modern times. There is such a thing as suffering. There is such a thing as a benefit in suffering. Okay? For to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. You want to follow Christ? You're not greater than your Lord and Master. If He's our teacher and our rabbi and the Savior of our souls and He led the way and showed us what we must do, then Peter gives us the exhortation to say, you were called to this church. You were called to this people of God. You were called, especially you in the last generation. You were called to this because Christ suffered for us. He suffered for you. He suffered for you, folks. He suffered for you, for your sin. 
He suffered for your sin. I hope you've seen the depth of your sin, your own sin, not the person next to you, not the person that's aggravating you, you, your sin. I hope you've seen how heavy that is and what it did to your Messiah, what it did to your Savior on the cross, leaving us an example that we should follow his step. So what example did he give us? Well, number one, he associated with criminals. He associated with criminals, which we were. He's got two hanging beside him on the cross, representing humanity, representing someone who makes the right choice and someone who doesn't make the right choice. Both lost, both sinners, all, all have fallen short of the glory of God. And the Bible says he has associated himself with humanity who has broken the law of God, who is guilty, who is deserving to die, who is deserving of hell and, 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 and of eternal separation, of outer darkness, of, of, of weeping and gnashing of teeth. And the Bible says he took, uh, they took all of his possessions, I mean down to his last loincloth, if even that was hanging on him well, down to the last, they stripped him of his garment, they stripped him of everything he ever had. They stripped him of his friends. They stripped him of every possession he had on the face of the earth. They led your Messiah out to a cruel Roman cross where they tortured him and they put him to death. They caused him incredible. You ask how did he suffer? They caused him incredible pain. The soldier he created. The soldier he breathed life into. Now, now takes instruments that he let them create and abuse him. And destroy his body. Greater love hath any man than this, than he would lay down his life. For a friend. Look, this soldier that was there at the foot of the cross, they were no longer interested in his words, just like they're not interested in our words today. Many, many people aren't interested in what the church has to say, what we have to say. Daniel, you've attested to this. You've tried, you've tried, you've tried. Uh, and, and, and people are not interested. So how do we preach? How do you keep preaching to that? How do you keep preaching to a world when no one really wants to hear what we have to say? Yet in spite of all his pain, in spite of all of his rejection, in spite of all of his scorning, in spite of the loss of all things, here's what I want you to get. He refused to hate. In spite of it all, he, 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 he put himself out there for criminals and the lost world. And in spite of it all, he chose in that moment not to hate. No hate, Corey. No hate. When we get out of here, we're going to love these Germans. No hate, Corey. No hate. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you've missed one of the greatest books in all the world. No hate, the hiding place. 
No, wait, it's a real timely. You ought to read it right now. And, and, and here's Jesus. Jesus refused to hate. He refused to hate the people. that crea- The very people that created him are mocking him. The, he even created the soldiers who put the nails through his hands and through his feet. He had the power to destroy them all for all of eternity. And yet what came out of his mouth on that cross was this, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And I want to tell you what, there are a lot of people outside of this wall and you think they know what they're doing because they're doing some horrible atrocities and they're evil and they're wicked and the things are coming out of their heart hate. But I'm going to tell you what, in all actuality, they really don't understand the fullness of what they do. Just like we didn't understand the fullness of what we did and were doing in our lives before we came to the cross, uh, before we came to Christ. And at the foot of that cross, there is a soldier. There is a soldier, a hardened man who had no problem. No problem. He had been in war. He had no problem, like, like we see Putin sending his hardest forces into that place. He had no problem taking babies and killing. He had no problem in doing hard horrific things, bombing, uh, if he had had bombs or taken swords and cutting people or doing whatever this man had to do. And yet he's at the foot of this cross. And, the, and, and you can imagine there is no shortage of people who have hung on that cross that he has seen die. He's, he's cold to death. He's cold. One thing Cole said just in a few weeks of working in the, uh, the police force on an internship, he said, Dad, I know one thing. It's really hard not to get cold. When you see every day, riffraff come in and go right back out. And you see dead bodies and all these things. It's really hard not to get cold. And so this guy, you can imagine, he, is, he has heard it all. He's seen it all. He has seen people die ungodly deaths. He has seen people curse him and gnash their teeth at him and say, you invaded our land. You came into our land. You've got us under your control. You, you put me up on this cross. You, yeah. And you know there's some cursing of people dying. You know there's some tongue lashing against these soldiers and this man. This is your fault. One day you're going to get it. You're going to get it. We're Jews. The wrath of God's going to come down on you. One day the Messiah's going to come and rid this place of all these problems. You can imagine the things coming against this man and the way he has seen people die. He doesn't care. He's callous. But something this day, something this day causes this man. And I just happen to believe it was the phrase that said this. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And I believe it did something in this man's heart that caused him to look up and say, My God, surely this is the Son of God. I've never seen this. I've never seen anything this. And see, that's the deal. He, he, see, your heart, when, 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 surely this is the Son of God. And that's the number one point that here is that, 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 that when your heart is turned uh, towards forgiveness uh, or, or when, when, 
the hardest turn when, 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 when the father said forgive them. And folks, I believe that his heart began to turn towards God at that moment. The soldier didn't listen to his sermons. The soldier wasn't interested in the words or the statements that he was making from the cross. But something happened when, it, when, when that forgiveness came, when it was not deserved. It broke that hate inside of his heart when he should hate, when this man had every right to hate the people down there tormented and torturing him when he chose to love. My friend, when the church of Jesus Christ decides, irregardless of what's going on by the people outside of this world, that we're going to love them with the love of God and we don't care if they uh, revile us, if they abuse us, we're not going to hate. We're going to take the love of God to them. Amen. So how how are we going to do it? Number one, the gospel will be preached by forgiving when we should hate. And that ain't possible without God. Or without you being forgiven first. Because if you know you, it's like the old girl that came into Simon's house and poured the perfume upon his head. Simon, when you came in, you offered me nothing for my feet. This lady came in and she has washed my head and my feet and prepared me for burial. Simon, you don't really love much. This woman loves a lot. Oh, yeah, you called her a whore and a prostitute when she came through the door. She knows she was that. But she came to me and she's clean. She's clean. She's clean. She's clean by the blood of the Lamb. Simon, she knows the love of God. She knows the debt that was forgiven. She's never going to go back out and hold somebody else like her by the throat and say, Give me what's deserved. I will not forgive you until you say you're sorry. And so, number one, the gospel will be preached by forgive around the world by forgiving when we should hate if we're going to be effective number two the gospel will be preached by love loving blessing and doing good see people will never know the goodness of God until they experience it through the people of God that's you that's you that's you look at what Matthew 5 43 says Jesus said but you have heard it said we don't really jive with these verses much. We kind of skip over Matthew 5 a little bit. You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those in this room, who spitefully use you and persecute you. Why do we not follow that verse? Why does that one not convict our hearts today? I'd kind of like for y'all to all look at it a little while. And me too. Jesus said these words, You have heard that it is said, You shall love your neighbor. Oh, yeah, the one who parks his car a little too far over. The one who's aggravating. And you shall hate your enemy. 
But I say to you, love your enemies and bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And then you'll change the world. Because they can't do anything with that. Surely this man is the son of God. Surely that Christian knows God. Nobody's loving me like this. And today, many don't know what they are doing, but, but when, when, when you not only refuse to hate, but look for opportunities to do good to those. We were watching a movie right now, Sabina Wormbrand. They were in Romanian captivity for 14 years. You talk about somebody loving their enemies, loving the Nazis. Loving the Russian soldiers that came into their country. We're watching right now. And they're going to doors. I've read a story. All I've read it. Tortured for Christ. I've read all of the books. Just prison letters from jail in prison over there. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Not only the torture, but, but a man that knows God far more than I could ever imagine from being in those places. And, 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 and his wife is just absolutely there. Precious lady. And this is the story about their life. And, and one part, they're going in. And they're... And, and, and they've just come to know Christ, and they, they start going to these. It's a hardened time like us. The Nazis have just decided to take over the country. They're, they're killing Jews, which he is a Jew. They're beginning to take over, and all of a sudden, people are just on edge like we are. They're just short. They're closing their doors. They're arguing, and, and, and they begin to bake things, and they begin to take things to the neighbors. And man, they're getting persecuted. Get out of here! Slam in their face, breaking their jars of jelly, and they just keep going back, knocking everything. Every day, loving them, loving them. And it ain't long until you see them. He becomes a pastor. And most of those neighbors that are in his little church singing in a living room, praising the Savior, Jesus Christ, because love will overcome hate always. Amen. And they will never know the goodness of God until they experience the goodness through us. And again, you can't do that in, in your own strength. We don't want to bless those who hurt us. I don't want to. We don't want to pray for those who mistreat us. We don't want to love those who should be our enemies. But it's possible in the strength of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to God daily begging Him for this in my life. I'm going daily uh, right now because we can become a testimony of Christ's love. And then thirdly, there's incredible, incredible power in forgiveness and kindness. And let me tell you, there is incredible not so in, in, in meanness and in callousness and hardness and bitterness. And it's ugly of a Christian. It's a poor advertisement for Jesus Christ. And it's been a poor advertisement in me. And that's why I'm begging God to change me inside in the cup. We can always clean up the outer, but I want the inward man. I want the cup cleaned. I want that, that, out, that junk out of my life. And if we yield ourselves to the hands of God, then it's possible to become his testimony in the earth of love rather than hate. And then the third thing that we can preach or how we're going to preach this gospel is this gospel will, will be preached by walking in unity with the body of Christ because there is no power in division. And this is grieving me more than anything in this last hour. 
This is grieving me more than anything. And the enemy is trying to do it to me as well. He is trying to divide us so, so much right now. He is trying his best to divide any way he comes because there's, there's no power in division. When we allow ourselves to be divided, we bring weakness upon ourselves and weakness to the testimony of Jesus Christ. Psalms 133 tells us this, that there's an incredible power in unity. Look at what it says. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. For the Lord there commands his blessing down on us life evermore. When we come together in unity, folks, I'm telling you there is an anointing. When you, you ever wanted the anointing on your life, then get in, in unity with God's people. Get in unity with the body of Christ because he says there is, a, there is an anointing that comes upon our life when we we come together with different people, when we come together with the Baptist brothers, when we come together with the Methodist brothers, when we come together with the Lutheran brothers, when we come together with the black congregation, when we come together with the Romanian congregation, when we come together with the Moldovan people, when we come together with the Ukrainian people, when we come together with the body of Christ in Russia and, and, and China, and when everybody comes together in the body of Messiah, when we come together, the Bible says, from different walks and lives, rich, poor, black, white, Mexican, this one. When we come together and we pray together and we believe God together and, and then God will come and he commands life forevermore. He brings us out of darkness and brings dead things to life. Amen. He brings a strength out of that and he brings beauty out of that. And we begin to grab each other's hands and it doesn't matter the label on our church door. We grab hands of believers. Last night, we had three different churches, different denominations in a room singing unto God. Singing the songs of Zion. And some of us raised our hands. Some of us wept. And they didn't know it, but the Pentecostal boys over there praying in tongues. And we were just glorifying God in that house together. And there's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord. And there was, man. There wasn't arguing over the carpet. Or if you dunk or you sprinkle or you baptize or you this or you make me sick. Or, well, we were just, just God. God is our focus. God is our strength. God is our help. And we're going to sing to him. And we're going to pray together. And somebody said at the end, let's pray. Can we pray? Can we pray? Can we pray together? And man, we grabbed hands and prayed together. And there was praying. And there was singing and worshiping. And there was unity. And we all were there in one spirit. Amen. And when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity, God commands the blessing of life forevermore. I close with Acts 2. There is a murderous spirit in Acts 2 in the society at that time that's just like it's coming in our time. It was occupied. They were being occupied by Rome, by a foreign enemy. And Rome can kill people and nobody's going to pay a price for it. They can get away with murder. They can do whatever they want to in this hour. And what can 120 people do? What can 120 people do in a world like that? What can they do against such a people? They have no power. They have no political authority. They have no army. They have no weaponry. 
But I tell you what they do have. They can pray and they can walk in one accord. They can be in unity. And when they pray and when they walk in unity, when they pray and when they walk in unity, when they pray and when they walk in unity, all of a sudden the presence of God shows up in that place and begins to usher them out of that upper room and it begins to transform the society. Even Rome at that time began to be transformed and changed by the power that came out of that upper room when there were people who came together and decided to pray and decided to be one in the Spirit of Almighty God and they walked together in unity because they were called to preach the gospel go and wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high because I need you to be my witnesses I need you to preach I need the start of the church well he's coming to us again at a time just like it was then and he's saying I need you in my army I need this gospel to go to the ends of the earth I need you to preach but if you want to get endued with power come to together in prayer and ask for it and come together in unity and watch my presence show up. Watch me command the blessing of life forevermore and when you go outside of these walls my presence will precede you and lives will be transformed. Because I'm going to give you power, courage and supernatural ability. Let me tell you what's been happening in my life. I told you a story a couple of weeks ago and I'm going to close. I don't even know what time it is. But let me tell you, I don't know what's going on, but I called my wife. And I said, you can throw 20-something years of ministry down the toilet. Just throw it away, because I did it all wrong. And I said, if revival is happening, it's happening in the hospitals. Because let me tell you something, Diane, because you had it happen to you. I told you two weeks ago, I went into a Christian lady that by all looking at her, I would have thought she has nothing to repent of. And I go into the room and she begins to confess what God has breaking in her heart. And she begins to tell me, Brad, I'm a selfish woman and I would not apologize to anybody, but I'm apologizing to my husband, we had a long talk, and I told him all sorts of things that I'm sorry. And I, when I get out of here, I'm going to apologize to my children. Well, let me tell you something even better. Because the other day, I felt quite lousy. I, I've had just a stressful week. I've been seeking a message. Work has been stressful. It's just been just life. I've been watching war too much. I've been, I've been burdened for people in Moldova. I've had a sack of sand on me. I just want to go to bed. I've gone into room praying more than I ever had. I, I, I have, for the first time in my life, I have never been a, and I'm not saying this to be a Matthew standing on the corner. I have never been a man to fast. I don't even want to eat right now or drink anything. I have fasted for the first time in my life. The burden of the Lord is starting to come on my heart and my life. And I don't say that. I hope it's coming on you. I hope these things are happening in your life. I'm not saying that as if I'm some kind of special person or anything. Uh, it's just the hand of God is pressing on me. And I just, I just, I can't help it. I'm just burdened for this world and myself and this whole uh, y'all and everything. And so anyway, I, I, I did, I, Raymond's uh, dad is in the hospital 
And, and, and I have felt horrible because during COVID, first of all, they locked pastors out and we couldn't even get in the hospitals and we couldn't go. So then I, I wanted to go. My heart was breaking for that. People are dying and I'm not even there to be able to lead them to the Lord or to make sure they're okay. And so then after a while, though, of staying in a house and, and, and just sitting there in my pajamas working and getting depressed myself, it, when the hospitals opened up, it took all I could take to even want to go to visit someone in the hospital which is something I love to do. And I couldn't even get in the car to want to go. It was just a dread to go. And so this day I battled. I haven't gone to see Mr. Early like I should. And I went and saw him one time. And now I went and saw him. So this day I had to go to work. I had to go into the office and I said, I'm going to go see, come whatever. I'm going to see Mr. Early today, whether I like it or not. And I just said, I'm going. Flesh, you can just get over it. And so I, I, I was going to go at lunch and hurry it and just get out of there and get home on time. And it didn't work. I didn't get to leave for lunch. And then it came. I said, Marcy, I'm going to try to leave for four because I'm feeling guilty because I want to be with Marcy and have time with her. We never see each other, it seems like, hardly. And just uh, and so I thought, I'm going to go at four, and then I'll be home by five or so. And, man, four came around, and I couldn't leave work. And so then it comes five, and I called Marcy, and I said, well, it's blown now. I said, I, I've got to do this, 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 and that. I just got to go. I'm just going everywhere tonight and do things. I got home about nine o'clock that night. But, but, but the thing was, uh, I went to the hospital, and here's, here's what happened all that whining or self pity to get to this. So I got to the hospital, and I go in to see Mr. Early. And Mr. Early is just like, I miss you, man. And he, I, I mean, this guy's, I miss my church. He's like, I miss the church. I want to be at church. I want to be at church. And I, and, 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 uh, I, said, I said, man, I, we miss you. I said, I miss the bowl of candy in the back. No. <laughs> no, no, he's a man. Every Wednesday he brought candy for the kids. And, and so uh, I said, man, we miss you too. And he began to talk, and he said, the priest has come in and prayed with me. And he said, this other girl has come in. And I know some things. I, I get to know the sheep. I know, I know things. And I'm just looking at Mr. Early and his heart. I, 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 I know some I just I, I know I just try to know the sheep and I, I've had some things that I uh, loving them and concerned about in this particular instance and uh, and he said Brad they're going to do a biopsy on me and he said uh, kind of like the other person and I hope he doesn't mind me saying that I wasn't going to use a name but I don't think he would so uh, he said they're going to do a biopsy on me and it might be cancer my mom died of cancer and he said, I want to be ready. God's speaking to me, and I want to be ready. And I said, good. And before that, I felt the Spirit of God come in the room. I will leave that out. I mean, the Spirit of God just came in the room. I don't know. I don't feel that that often. But, I mean, the, the goose, just right before all this, just like the Spirit of God, like a wind, rushing wind. And the Spirit of God came in the room, and he said, and I want to be ready. And I said, well, let's pray. And I began to pray with him. His hands raised in the bed. Tear comes in his eye. And I say amen. He said, huh, look at that. He said, I hadn't had a tear in my eye in years. He said, I've had such hardness and unforgiveness in my heart. I hadn't had a tear like that in years. I said, praise God. I said, praise God. I, 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 I couldn't leave. I, I felt the Spirit saying, look, we've abused the sinner's prayer so much. 
that I didn't want to give a false sense of prayer to prayer, but I knew he needed to pray something, and I didn't want to leave, and so I was about to have him pray with me, and then a nurse comes in, and man, I'm like, darn, they're always coming in and pushing and doing great things, but they're, man, just right at the time, I didn't need it to happen, and so, uh, and so I was about to leave, and just, and the Spirit said, no, stay, and, 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 uh, and so, um, the nurse leaves out, and I said, Mr. Early, you said, I said, the Lord came in this place a while ago. I said, I think you sensed it, and I sensed it. And I said, you said you want to be ready. And I said, I want you to pray a prayer with me. I said, this prayer won't save you, but I, I, I know you've asked God into your heart, and that sort of, but, but let's make sure you're ready if you die tomorrow. Or if you live another 10 years, let's pray that that hardness in your heart will be broken up. And, and, and you'll be an effective witness for Jesus from here on out. And man, I, he said, all right. And so I said, pray after me, man. I can't get started. The man is just like out praying me. Like, dear Jesus. I mean, like, I mean, I mean, he's just like going 10 steps ahead of me. And I'm praying, Lord, forgive me. Come into my life. Take the hardness out. I've had hardness. I've had bitterness. I've had racism. I mean, we just started confessing things. And man, it's just, he's just, it's just coming out and more tears are coming down. And I say all that to say this. I don't know what God's doing, but he's doing something. Yeah. And I'm doing nothing but showing up. Showing up and getting to watch the glory of God happen. And all I'd say is just be the church, and let's walk together, and let's pray. Let's pray for souls. Let's pray for revival. Let's pray that the gospel of this kingdom will be preached in all the world. Let's have unity so that we can have the life of God and the blessing of God and the presence of God go outside of this place with us. And then we can walk into bar, uh, restaurants and, 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 and we can walk into uh, to prisons and we can walk into hospitals. And man, we think we're going to go in there and tell somebody about Jesus and they're already having a meeting with Jesus, asking Jesus to come into their heart. Amen? And we just rejoice with them. I mean, God's dealing with people. Stop worrying about the way he's doing it. He's putting some flat of their back. He's, 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 he's putting some in different places. He's putting some in isolation. He's putting some in various places. But God's at work. God is shaking the world. God is shaking the nations of the world. God is shaking us, and we feel uncomfortable. But look, to lift your eyes up higher. It's a good thing. God is getting his people ready for an end-time uh, 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 coming where he's going to come and get us out of here and then this gospel will be preached in all the world as a witness the end will come and man I'm ready aren't you ready father we love you we thank you so much for your love we thank you for your presence we thank you for your power God we thank you God for your witness God oh father Lord we pray today for Ukraine we pray God for uh, Russia we pray for America we pray for China we pray for Indonesia, we pray for Pakistan, we pray for Africa, we pray for Asia, we pray for the countries of the world. We pray that there would be an outpouring of your spirit. We pray that the church would advance God all over this earth, and we pray that the church would be filled with the Holy Spirit, and there would be your end-time witnesses in all the world as a witness that you're coming, that your coming is so soon. Prepare our hearts and 
Make us ready, God. And Lord, I pray, God, that our friends in Moldova and Romania and other places, Poland where I've been, God, all these places, Lord, that the gospel is being preached so, so much there. We know it is. We know that as these refugees flee, maybe some of their fleeing is to find places where the gospel will be preached to them, where somebody, Lord, rather than giving hate, will love. God, I've seen pictures. I've seen pictures of captured Russian citizens where Ukrainian Christians are are, are, are rather than hating them, rather than hating them, are feeding them, clothing them, loving them. God, God, oh God, show up in this earth and begin to do amazing things. Bring revival. Bring revival. I'm not saying we don't defend ourselves as nations, but what I'm saying is the church of Jesus Christ. Oh, oh, it's filled with love. The love of God, the love of God, the love that brought God to this earth as a man and gave his life as a ransom for us. And so, Father, thank you for that. We just praise you. We give you the honor. We give you the glory and the praise. Do such a work in our hearts now, God. Take out the pain. Take out the bitterness. Take out the, 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 all that's been suppressed in our hearts, God. And, and go and do a work down in the deepest places, God, of our lives so that we can, so that we can be free to love and to give and, to, and to, to reach out our hands to the broken world around us, God. We love you and we give you the praise and we give you the honor and we give you the glory. For it's all in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.